Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the IndyCar State of the Sport season-ending press conference. We're joined today by IndyCar CEO Mark Miles, IndyCar President Jay Fry. Jay will talk about the competition aspects of the 2019 season. Mark will focus on the business side. We'll take questions after that. Just a quick note, in addition to these two guests, we have two special guests from NBC. We have Mr. John Miller and Mr. Sam Flood. They'll join us and talk more about the TV uh, from their perspective as well as from ours. So we'll start off with, with Mark about the business side of IndyCar for 2019. Thanks, Ziz. Hello, everybody. Uh, I suspect, like you, you are happy, like us, you are very happy to be here at, uh, in Laguna Seca. Um, we just thought this was an opportunity to make some comments on how we've seen this year, maybe a bit of a hint about what we see coming up. And uh, I may end up doing a little more talking than Jay because it's hard to get Jay to talk. Perfect. But uh, we'll see what we do. Um, I'd start by saying we believe IndyCar is the most compelling form of motorsport on the planet. And I think that's more true, more defensible every year. Under Jay's direction, with the combined expertise and, and experience of our teams, of Delara, Honda, Chevy, and all of our suppliers, we just keep getting better. The racing improves, it's more competitive, and it's all done while being very attentive to managing costs for the teams. I'm also delighted to say that on almost every metric, our marketing and promotional and commercial initiatives are growing the sport and ultimately attracting more fans. With that said, let me just take you through some of our specific uh, observations, what I think of as high points. So on the track, um, what can you say? We do believe it's great competition, probably the most competitive form of racing. The number of cars, as you know, if you follow the sport, has, uh, has been solid on the grid for IndyCar races, 22 to here 24 throughout the year. And at the Indianapolis 500 mile race, um, we continue to add to the number of entrants. So 36 this year trying to get in, and from my perspective, Bump Day is back, and I think the fans loved it. Uh, looking beyond that, we have had seven winners so far, seven pole winners, and um, seven wins for Honda and nine wins for Chevy so far. Uh, great balance in terms of the results between the manufacturers. And for the 14th consecutive year, I'm sure most of you have written this, the championship is coming down to the finale, and we're thrilled about that and what that will pretend for this weekend. Looking forward, we're excited about uh, McLaren joining us next year. We're very committed to and looking forward to the introduction of the, winds the windscreen, which Jay will talk about in a few minutes. And we look forward to the continued development work on the hybrid system that has been mentioned. Jay will also elaborate on that. Those are about improving safety and improving our racing. On the business of the sport, we're really pleased with the schedule its consistency, our ability to continue to have balance between streets and road courses and ovals. Um, we successfully added Coda and we are really looking forward to the addition of, uh, of the finale here at the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. At the WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, 
really, I want to thank, I, th I saw Tim here somewhere, Tim McGain, who is making this all possible, the guy who runs this place, and, and your team, Tim, for doing a great job for us. It's been a terrific experience working with you to this point, and we expect a, we're going to have a, a lot to celebrate at the, at the end of the event. And also, uh, the, the people of the county and the, the supervisors for the county and uh, everybody who's been involved in making this possible. We've been great hosts and great partners. We've seen, I think, continued progress in the recent additions at Gateway and Portland, and um, we're really pleased about that. Um, and attendance, while we don't have auditable numbers from all of our promoters, I think it's fair to say that it's meaningfully up. We believe that at, at about eight of our races, there has been increased attendance from year over year at their tracks. We think four of our races set weekend records uh, for, for their events. And we think it's fair to say that more than 1.5 million people in total attended our, our races this year before uh, this weekend. We had a great May. Um, we've continued uh, to have a series of great successes in May over the last several years. And that's just so important for us. At IMS, we think we continue to make history. We know we continue to delight fans, and we do all that for lots of reasons, but not the least of which is to make an important contribution to the growth of the NTT IndyCar series. This has been a remarkable year from our perspective in sponsorship. So in less than 12 months, we've added as new sponsors, NTT is our title sponsor of the series, Speedway is official fuel and convenience store, Gainbridge as the presenting sponsor of the Indianapolis 500 mile race. And I'll take all comers on whether or not we're able to add another meaningful sponsor for next year and announce that before the end of this year. We're quite close. Those are new. In addition to that, we extended Firestone. I saw Lisa Boggs here. Lisa, you and your team and Firestone are an institutional part of IndyCar racing and uh, to have extended our partnership through 2026, a big deal to us. And, and I know very good news from the perspective of the, uh, of the paddock. 97% of our sponsorships are in place through, 2000, uh, through 2020. So we're now really focused on selling for 2021 and I believe we have the kind of story to tell and the momentum which will help us continue to grow. Just a word about some of those key sponsors that are new that I mentioned. From our perspective, NCT's been a great partner, a great new title. Uh, lots go, has, goes into that, but they hit the ground running, having been involved uh, previously with NCT Data. Um, they're here this weekend in, in numbers, and um, we're working really hard with them and have been for months on how fans will begin to see, beginning next year, more technical technological innovations that help the fans take in the sport and find it more exciting. So we're looking forward to some of that rolling out. I want to thank and compliment three new senior additions to the team with SJ Ludke running marketing, Mike Zizzo up here, sorry to embarrass you Mike, in communications, and Casey Lane who I think is still on the road who, who took over the position to uh, lead our sales efforts. They've all been terrific additions and, and made impacts right away. In terms of marketing, our social media, um, the, there we have channel growth, we have growth of, in engagement, and CJ has been working on 
refining our strategies for next year. We have, it'll be an additional focus, an additional area for investment, and no doubt uh, the growth will continue and, and actually continue at greater rates. I didn't mention the app when I mentioned NTT, but we should. Um, we did not take for granted that we had to build an entirely new app, basically start over from last year to this. Those things don't necessarily work. They're not necessarily delivered on time and on budget. And we think it was a successful, seamless transition, and we owe them a great debt of gratitude for that. Um, we will continue, we have continued to see growth in the downloads over the year. More than 200,000 um, have downloaded the app so far this year, and that we believe will continue. And uh, there's also good news in terms of the consistency of our unique users of the app from week to week. So all that's good news. Um, I, I wanted to mention a word about something we haven't talked about much, but that's eSport. This year there was a, a I, I think sort of unnoticed major development from our perspective. We teamed up with Microsoft and Forza um, for their Bounty Hunter Challenge. A number of our drivers laid down times uh, for May and then gamers tried to see if they could beat them for, for points and various prizes. 700,000 downloads of the Forza 7 game occurred as part of this uh, initiative. And the Forza team told us that given the, the length, uh, that, that it was not a new introduction in terms of a game, uh, it was the biggest number they saw for downloads uh, in their experience in this space so far. So that bodes well for, for us, I think. The last few months we've done a lot of work to uh, decide what our strategy ought to look like for eSport. We're not going to get into that today, but you will see us stepping up uh, and getting more into the eSports space next year for sure. So those are some of the key comments. We're going to reserve uh, maybe the biggest news, which is uh, our relationship with NBC and all that's gone into that and what it's achieved to last. But before that, I want to turn it over to Jay and ask him to talk about anything we can get him to talk about, but at least to include the windscreen uh, and the hybrid. Uh, thank you, Mark. Um, so we've been working on this aero screen since 2016. So I guess you'd call this a uh, overnight sensation, but the real game changer for us um, this past year is when we partnered, partnered with Red Bull Advanced Technologies. Um, there's been no stone unturned on this program, this project um, from driver cooling, driver extrication, clarity, glare, um, impact. It, it just, it's amazing what they've been able to do in a very short period of time. Uh, we believe this is an industry-changing total safety solution for driver cockpit, driver cockpit protection. Um, we're very excited to get it on the track because um, we always say that data doesn't drive, drivers drive. So the next step of this process is to get it on the track. Um, we'll see where we're at. The, the first test will be coming up at IMS on October 2nd. Then we're going to go to Barber on um, October 7th and Richmond on 10-15. So it's, it's a aggress very aggressive schedule, but all is in motion for a 2020 imp implementation. Um, so again, we think this is going to be something that's going to really set the standard on, on driver safety. We're really excited about it. We really appreciate what all Red Bulls have done, PPG, uh, Pankle, Isoclima. There's been a lot of people involved, and um, we're excited about the future of that. In regards to the hybrid piece, um, it's very important that we remain true to our DNA, and our DNA is fast, loud, authentic, and unapologetic. So when we put together this product or put together an RFP for this product, that was that we had to meet all those criteria. Um, a couple of things we're working on with the, 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 this piece is, uh, one is for safety, so the cars will have electric starters. So if a driver spins, they stall the car, they'll be able to start the car and go on, so the driver's not exposed. 
Um, another will be um, our AMR guys out there with um, an umbilical cord having to start the car so they won't be exposed. And another thing that's really a, a byproduct of the whole um, system is we, we hopefully won't keep the pace of the race going so there won't be as many yellows, so that'll help too. But the, the, one of the bigger parts, or the, the biggest part in our opinion is horsepower. So our goal, our stated goal is to get over 900, 900 horsepower. This product will get us at least 50 of that. So we remain true again to our DNA. We're gonna have less downforce, we're gonna have more horsepower. Um, we're excited about this. We've got 10, um, 10 current RFPs out. So the plan is to have a chosen partner in the first quarter of next year um, for a 2022, 2022 implementation. So uh, both these projects are big. I think they're game changers for the sport. Um, but again, at the end of the day is we gotta be who we are. And that's fast, loud, and authentic. So uh, we're excited about the direction. We're excited about what Mark's talked about. Um, and uh, we just look forward to a great weekend this weekend. I talked quite a bit. That was beautiful. Thank you. Well done, Jay. Thank you. Jay mentioned the test October 2nd. Just a quick note, it'll be with Scott Dixon, Joseph Newgarden. That will be open to media. We'll also produce some media content out of that as well for people who can't be there. Mark, you want to introduce our special guest? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask uh, John Miller, president of programming at NBC Sports, and Sam Flood, who is uh, the czar of everything you see. I don't know exactly what your title is, Sam, forgive me, to come up and join us. The man. As they're walking, I just one quick word on international media. Some of you who follow the business of the sport know that we took that, that function back. Internally now, we manage that directly, both the sale and the production. Our friends at IMS Production have done a great job in helping us uh, deliver that in a seamless way, and I think that's gonna bode well for the future of the sport. John, welcome. Thank you. Great to see Good you, to Sam. See you. Thank you for joining Thanks us. Thanks very much. Please, sit. You know, it's interesting that we uh, we started, I think, in St. Petersburg, Florida together, talking uh, as, a, as, as a group about how we saw the future. And we had great aspirations, and these guys will elaborate, but let me just lay out a couple data points some of you may have already seen. Um, the average total audience delivery total audience delivery for the series was 1,129,000 viewers for races through the first 15 that doesn't include the portland data which will contribute meaningfully or here at uh, laguna seca both of which as you know are on nbc network um, season to date 11 races have posted growth over their comparable race viewership numbers last year which we think is terrific and NBC's inaugural Indy 500 had a total audience delivery of about five and a half million people, up 11% uh, year over year, which was a great accomplishment and something that uh, these guys to my right and, and their team worked very, very hard to make happen. So we've been uh, really pleased with this partnership, proud of the partnership. It's worked from our perspective really well, and to be able to report the results that bear that out is uh, is the proof of the pudding. But with that, I'll, I'll be quiet and ask John and Sam to add their color. Thank you. Thank you, Mark and Jay. Good to see you, too. It has been an incredibly exciting first year uh, for the NBC Sports Group to have the entire IndyCar, NTT IndyCar package. As many of you know, we had the, um, the cable rights for, for several years, but shared those with another broadcaster so we could bring the entire property under the NBC portfolio uh, umbrella really made a big difference. And I think in a business where flat is the new up, when you see increases that are almost approaching double-digit increases, 
that's a real testament to the property and, and the product that we're able to put out there. Um, we're fortunate that we have a leader in Sam Flood who knows this space better than anybody and has put together an incredible team with, uh, with great talent and great execution. Uh, we've worked closely with the, the folks at, at IndyCar to make sure that we program it the right way, that we take advantage of lead-ins, that we take advantage of what our competition is to showcase everything. We launched an NBC Gold uh, IndyCar opportunity to be able to make all practices qualifying available to fans. Um, so we've been, we've been very happy. And going to eight broadcasts up from, I believe you had four or five with your prior five. deal. So to have eight IndyCar races um, on NBC broadcast has really made a, a big, big difference to be able to crown the championship here at Laguna Seca this weekend uh, in this incredible venue uh, and have it be so close to come down to the wire really bodes well for us. And we are, you know, I, I know that next year is, is not that far away and we've already started planning on ways that we can do things to, to grow it even further. So we're happy. Thanks, Joe. We were thrilled to be able to do the Indy 500 for the first time. It's one of the iconic events in all of sports. And to have the peacock power behind the 500 was a proud moment for us, but we were thrilled to be able to embrace the event, make it bigger, grow the rating, and all the talent that came out to be a part of that from all parts of the NBC Sports Group and the NBC Sports uh, team to have Dale Jr. there to have Rutledge Wood there, to have Lee and the group that does the races week by week to be supported by this additional group, Danica Patrick joining the team for that race. We think we elevated what the race was about. We had a great deal of fun producing it and we were a little nervous all week long about the weather, which is <laughs> one of those things you can't control. We're not an indoor sport. And as we all know in, in racing, you want blue skies and, and fast cars. And we had both of them and we were thrilled to accomplish what we did at the 500, but most importantly, carrying that momentum into the rest of the season and telling the story with this one production and talent team the entire year, we think made a big difference in able to engage the audience in new ways and help grow the sport to new levels. So we were thrilled with everything that was accomplished this first year. You know, being able to include the Indianapolis 500 as part of our championship season, we also think helped elevate it. We have several big high-profile events, whether it's the Stanley Cup Finals, the Kentucky Derby, uh, the Open Championship, and the Indianapolis 500, some of the biggest events that happen in the world of sports in a very confined period. Um, and being able to add the Indianapolis 500 to that lineup, uh, we think was terrific. Thank you, John and Sam. Quick question for both of you, or for John. You talked about these great big marquee events you have tremendous job in terms of cross-promotion. Could you tell us about that, how you help raise the level of not only our sport, but the other sports? Well, I think that what ends up happening is, is that we started promoting the Annapolis 500 in the NFL playoffs in January. Uh, this is an event that wasn't going to take place for another five months. And to make sure that people knew that it was on everybody's radar screen, but especially on our radar screen, I think helped signal just how important this event and this property and, quite honestly, this relationship was to us. Um, and, it, and because of also the championship season promotion, it gets promoted consistently from February and even after the Indianapolis 500 is over, it goes all the way through our last championship season event, which is the Tour de France. So it has the benefit of a six-month promotional window, which is pretty unique for, for a property like this. We'll open for questions. 
Wolfgang? <laughs> Two-part question. Two for Mark. Um, with a bunch of European drivers now in the championship, in the future, is there any realistic chance we have a race in Europe? Are you in contact with European race promoters or track operators? Well, as you know, we've talked about and we continue to work on some expansion of the, of the NTT IndyCar series to include races outside of North America. Uh, and I think I'm still quite optimistic that that will happen in, in, uh, over the next couple of years. We're looking for as many as two. And we particularly like the idea that they might be in February to be at the beginning of the year um, as opposed to more salted throughout the calendar later in the year. So saying that, as a European, you know well that there are very few places, at least in Western Europe, um, where it's likely that we could race in that time frame. So I will say that I think the prospects for us racing internationally are better in other regions. It's not because we don't like Europe, but uh, I'm just not sure it's going to work for us in the, immediately with our current strategy in terms of climate. You just said Western Europe. I mean, it's not a possibility to go Eastern Europe? No, I didn't mean to exclude all of Europe. Okay. Um, the, the issue is weather, so you'd have to be looking at those few places far enough south where you could depend on a, a good racing climate for, for the racing and for the fans in February, and that's tough to find. Okay, and the second question, can you give some infos about the current status to add another engine manufacturer besides Chevrolet and Honda? I'm gonna pass that to Mr. Fry. About uh, update on? I'll get a third manufacturer. Um, well, obviously, we announced some things this year <clears throat> that we're quite excited about, and I think that will help enhance our overall product and some of the things that they're looking for. So, um, over the next couple of months, we're going to uh, hit it really hard. And we've heard from a couple that we had not heard from before recently, which was good. So, um, it's a big commitment, and um, but we'll, we're going to make sure to knock on a lot of doors here in the next couple of months. Bruce? This is for Mr. Flood and Mr. Miller. NBC has shown the uh, ability to take sports with centuries-old traditions and make them seem cool again. Uh, how valuable has that been to helping revitalize such events as the Kentucky Derby, the IndyCar Series, the Indianapolis 500, the Olympics? Well, I'll let Sam talk about the production side in terms of the positioning and the marketing. We're, we're blessed that we work for a very big company in Comcast. Um, and so we're able to bring all the assets of our company to the table, not just NBC Sports, but you saw the Indianapolis 500 showcased in things like the Today Show. We brought in Jimmy Fallon. We have, you know, our cable partners, CNBC, Golf Channel. We used every asset at our disposal, both in terms of linear and social, to make sure that everybody knew it was coming. Um, and so those kind of things bring in a casual audience, which is one of the things that I think for an event like the Indianapolis 500 you need to have. And then as a production philosophy, we, we really lean into big events. We want to make big events bigger. And it's started years ago with our Olympic coverage, storytelling, making you care. You think about the Mario documentary we aired prior to the 500. All it is about is making people care more about the people in those cars. And then the event becomes bigger based on the relationship we build with the audience, with the stars, and then the place. There are certain places in, in this country and around the world that when you step into them, you're in a unique environment, and the 500 was that. So we were able to highlight, showcase, and tell the stories in, in a unique spread of ways. And to have Mike Tirico there 
signaled that this mattered because Mike hosts the biggest events for NBC Sports. He's there at the Olympics as the host. He's there, Kentucky Derby. The big things are signaled by Mike Tirico being there. And we made it a point right off the bat, and Mike was thrilled to do it. And as we're looking at his schedule for next year, being an Olympic year, he's got a very crowded calendar. And the one thing he said to me, he said, I'm not missing the 500. And I said, no, you're not. So that's what it means to our company. One of the things that also helped us a lot, when we first came on, you know, started in St. Petersburg, NBC had just uh, finished the acquisition of Sky in the UK. Um, and we were able to work at a deal where we could put NTT IndyCar Racing on Sky for the very first time. And that really turned out to be a great benefit for, for all sides. And they've really embraced it. And I think it's done quite well for them. And obviously, it just helps further tell the story of this great series. Patrick? Uh, to follow up on that with a less popular country, uh, Canada was not too thrilled with last year's, but the current deal. is that Can those fans expect to see an upgrade for, for next year, or are we not sure yet? Well, that would be on me, not these guys. <laughs> uh, although they could probably get a little NBC, depending on where we <laughs> If you're on the border, you can, <laughs> there's some spillage. Um, listen, I, I wouldn't ever refer to it as an upgrade. I think uh, uh, we appreciate the work that's been done by our broadcast partner there now. We will always be looking to, to uh, grow the reach. And so I, I take it that you follow the business in Canada. It's a kind of volatile sports media market at the moment. And, uh, and so I don't know how quickly um, we may be able to grow our audience there. But we'll continue to be close to it and, and uh, attentive to opportunities. Another one for you. Uh, we've seen the kind of, not an explosion, but a, an upgrade in the hospitality uh, world. The, arrow, the big arrow, whatever you want to call that, two-story village they bring now. Uh, Chips made some upgrades. Uh, is that a direction you guys are trying to, I know you don't control it, but are you pushing that? Because it kind of adds to the show. No, I think it's a great indicator, right? I mean, like we look at car counts, we look at different things like that. So that's all of a sudden you see an explosion of different things like that going on. So that, that feels like we're going in the right direction. I, I think it's an example of a kind of very friendly competition in the paddock. So I think Arrow probably came first and big splash with uh, their investment in hospitality there. And now we've seen others. And I'm pretty sure that when we see McLaren come forward, you may see even more. So that's all good, and, and it, it has effect not just in the hospitality you see, but I think in other ways as well. Next question. Yeah. Uh, it's a question about uh, McLaren. To, to have them uh, full season, what will it bring to the series, and above all, uh, in an international way? Well, we think we have a big opportunity for growth internationally in any case. Everything that happens that um, uh, causes us to, to be in front of more race fans and, and sports fans around the world is a good thing and the McLaren brand is powerful and their place in motorsport is powerful. So we have no doubt that more people around the world, particularly in Europe, uh, will be paying attention to IndyCar because McLaren is competing. I, I want to give you one other example if I can riff off of that question a little bit about the international opportunity that I just thought was really cool. And I, I don't think enough people heard it, but I had the privilege of being with Simon Pagano um, and Haley when uh, he did his kind of tour de force, not France, in, in France, uh, what in early August, I think, with the Borg Warner. It was only the second time the Borg had been out of the country that I know about. The first time we know was in Japan. And uh, 
first of all, this was initially, I mean, it was basically his initiative. He wanted to go back and get in front of, of racing fans in France for three days. Well, first of all, in, in Budapest, the Formula One race, he was welcomed and that was terrific. Then three days in Paris. But the day I wanted to mention to you was Thursday. The, the, the party that was part of this, including Simon and the Borg, went on the TGV to Montmorillon, France, his village of 6,000 some people. 6,000 some people. The mayor invited all residents to come to a program. Simon, the Borg, the presenter, an uh, uh, important presenter to, uh, of motorsports in France. And they put on a great program for about two hours, which we thought was quite adequate, and it, but it was really very well done. Simon grabs the mic after it's clear to everybody that it's over, and he says, you don't have to leave to the 2,000 of the 6,000 people. 2,000 people showed up of the 6,000 people in the village. I'd like to meet every one of you. So he stayed four more hours saying hello to people, signing autographs, and really just being himself, which uh, is the kind of thing that will grow a sport anywhere, but was, it was really touching to see in France. Go to Nate. Nate Ryan, NBC Sports. Uh, question for you, Mark. Uh, on Wednesday night, uh, Jay was at a, a media event here in Monterey and was talking about how IndyCar works with other motorsports series and wants everybody to succeed. And I think he was referring mostly to working with IMSA about not getting the, the dates conflicting here. But obviously NASCAR has been part of that discussion as well. Uh, and there was a lot of momentum, I think, in May for m maybe a doubleheader NASCAR, IndyCar in the future. Um, and you know, Dale Jr. was among those who was a big proponent of the, that. And I don't have to tell you that I know that the two men you're right, I think, would love to see things that help NASCAR and IndyCar. Where, where do you guys stand on all of that? And what are the challenges to making that happen? And how early, you know, 2022, 23, if, if things went well on all fronts, could something like that happen? Well, I appreciate the question because it's a chance to elaborate on our thoughts about it. We're all very open to it, and it, it, that shouldn't be misunderstood. Um, but it's complicated, and the fact that you've asked in terms of 22, 23 indicates that you understand that just to get the schedules together to be in the same place is going to take that kind of time. Um, it's, it was said that there was momentum in May. In my view, there was more discussion in May and more talk about it than more smoke than fire. So I think the folks at NASCAR know that we think it's a good idea. I think, as far as I can tell, they think it's a good idea. Jay's more in touch with them regularly than I am. Um, so we'll see if we can make if it can be pulled together. I don't see it before 2022, and exactly when I don't know. But it's something that we think if, if it gets more people watching uh, motorsports, uh, is well worth working on. It is complicated. We have to get the schedules together. Um, from our perspective, at least my perspective, I think it, it might be easier to do that where we already race as opposed to adding a race, a, another stop on our schedule. I don't, I don't know whether that's the same sense that NASCAR would have. There's the schedule, then there's all the rest of it. It'd be a lot easier if it was in the second half of the year uh, from the perspective of these folks to my right. You got to make sure that the sponsorships work and there aren't those kinds of conflicts and, and a lot of commercial things. But um, look, if it gets more people watching motorsport, then uh, we think it's worth putting some time working on. And, and we've certainly cross-promoted that Roger Penske did the ad with two of his drivers that we shot at the Brickyard last week that got out there. A lot of fun, a lot of great response to it. And that's things we couldn't have done in the past. I think that's part of us leaning in as NBC in trying to grow all of motorsports. And it's important that every 
form of racing gets attention, and that's what we're pushing, as you know all too well. <laughs> we'll go Steve, Jenna, Bruce. Um, hi, gentlemen. Uh, for John and um, you guys, is there a plan for more shoulder programming? We know that kind of helps grow the sport and, and grow the personalities. And then what are the plans for gold? It's been fun to have. I know, you know the races I wasn't at, I really appreciated having it. So is there plans to continue to grow that? Yeah, I think the gold experiment this first year we were very happy with. It really helps super serve the fan, which is something that we obviously want to do, especially when we're an exclusive partner like we are with IndyCar. We're that way with the Premier League and, and a couple of other properties. So gold continues to be something that we invest in and, and, and try to grow. As far as shoulder programming, we had a great experience with the Andretti dock in front of the 500 and got great response. Uh, we have a wonderful team inside NBC Sports that does these kind of shows, so we're already looking at some new opportunities for next year. But yeah, I think you'll see more of that, and we'll use you know, our social channels as well to get this out there um, and to kind of get the word out. So yeah, that's, it's, it's very positive. And the new Peacock streaming service that was announced earlier this week will be another opportunity to put out long-form content, which will be very beneficial to everyone. Jenna? Hey, Jay, I was curious, you, you mentioned a few times, you, you seem to use the slogan, fast, loud, authentic, and unapologetic. Mm -hmm. What would you have to be apologetic about? What does IndyCar have to be apologetic about? Nothing, right? So, this, so that last word, it's kind of like, you talk about the first three and you don't want to come off arrogant, because we don't mean to be arrogant, it's just who we are and what we do. So we added the unapologetic. My, it was originally just fast, loud, and authentic, so there's a a new one in there. But no, there's nothing to apologize about. Um, again, when we, when we talk to other manufacturers, we've got a new kind of, a couple new initiatives, a couple new platforms we're working on. Uh, the aero screen is equally as important. I mean, I think that that's kind of, there's a couple magazines in Europe that we would usually get about a paragraph in. Last month, there was 15 pages in this magazine about this aero screen. So I think we can't wait to get it on the track, you know, in a couple weeks. Um, I think it's going to be a game changer for motorsports in general. So. We'll see, you know, see how it goes. Bruce, Bruce Martin, NBCSports.com. This is for Mr. Miller and uh, Mr. Flood again. Uh, Follow-up on the commercial that featured Simon Pagano and Ryan Blaney and Roger Penske. Were any of you surprised to see how great of an actor Roger Penske was? <laughs> I assume he's got his SAG card and, you know, he's, uh, he's certainly been in front of the camera enough and he's quite an ambassador for the sport, so we were not at all surprised by that. We were thrilled that he agreed to do it. I mean, it's just yeah. one of those special things and the kind of guy he is to jump on board and make it even bigger because we had a plan B if Roger couldn't do it. And when we got the confirmation, we knew we had something special that was going to happen. Can't, well, you never give out plan Bs. You know better than that. We're unapologetic up here. <laughs> good, good response. We'll take a couple of final questions. We'll finish off with Jeff. And if we have one more, just let me know. Hey, Jeff Clough from The Athletic. Um, obviously, you know, you're, you guys are running your own series and you're doing your own thing, and you have a very different identity from NASCAR. But inevitably, when you're running race on the same weekend, people go, okay, here's NASCAR's ratings. People go, here's IndyCar's ratings. Do you at all look at the comparison between the two? Sometimes the gap seems to be narrowing a little bit, seem to be getting closer. Um, you know, do you, do you evaluate that? So my view is we're not running against NASCAR. Well, I'm happy to see their ratings grow, um, not just because these guys are sitting right here with us. Um, we want to see the industry grow. 
um, we, we're focused on our number and our audience growth, and we don't really gauge our success by whether we're catching NASCAR or not, although I appreciate the question. We do spend time looking at, as John already referred to it, best programming, best scheduling. And so, you know, we've gotten better over the years in avoiding head-to-head -head overlaps, which I think is great for fans and helps the audience for both. And we, we had a motorsport summit last December with all the partners of every motorsport that John has got us lined up with. And everyone talked about one thing, which is growing the overall motorsports pie and getting more people to pay attention. And we think it's working. We launched the YouTube channel that is about to hit 100,000 subscribers. So a lot of positive things came out of that. And it broke down some walls because everyone realized that we need to work people inside this ecosystem and share the audience and grow the audience, which is the combination we've been working on. We'll take our final two-part question from Wolfgang. Just one. <laughs> OK. Uh, Jay, a technical question concerning the forthcoming test with the arrow screen. Um, there are a lot of pictures now on the internet how the arrow screen looked like. When after the test the drivers would say there must be significant changes, is this technically possible or is this already the final product now? Yeah, no, it's absolutely, when we talked earlier about data doesn't drive drivers drive. So it's going to be to that point now we've got it where we think all the data shows it's going to be great. All the, all the, you know, all the stones have been however we said a little bit ago, um, we, we think it should be fine. The clarity, the, the visuals, we've went through a lot of the process already, but it's never been on the track. So the track is the final sign off. Um, we'll go through in the morning with just really just checking boxes. Can you see fine the driver cooling piece, that type of thing. And then in the afternoon, we're gonna run some tires with our friends at Firestone, just to kind of get a different feel. Um, but there's, yes, there's certain things that we could do to change it if we have to. At this point, we don't think we will have to though. Jay, could you just mention to Wolfgang just about the magnitude of the amount of people and engineers that are working on this project from Red Bull on down the line? Yeah, well, you know, um, Red, Bull, Red Bull Advanced Technologies, their entire staff, the Red Bull F1 team, Pankel, you know, Pankel's a global, I mean, if there's anything to, to do with metal, they're the best in the world if they're involved. Um, PPG, the aerospace industry, is involved. So. Um, again, this is this has probably been the coolest project we've ever been involved in. That we have all the access to all these people, and that, that are all focused on getting this right and getting it right in a big way. And think of it too, on the, from a Red Bull Red Bull perspective, it's got to look cool, right? It's got to work. I mean, so all these things are part of the, the, the plan. Um, there's been some things that have happened as a byproduct that we didn't expect when we first started the project, which has made it even better. So when you think of the upper frame. Um, you know, people call it a halo. It's really not a halo. It's, just, it's the frame that the, the screen sits in, but the frame has as much strength or is stronger than a halo. So again, that's a great thing. That wasn't part of the original plan, but it turned out like that. So um, again, we do, we're just excited to get it on the track. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your